Two thumbs up. Francisco Lindor just became a New York Met. The $341 million man hit three, yes, three homers to win Sunday night's Thriller and Subway Series in what was arguably, Figgy, the game of the year. We will look back at Sunday's memorable game, the benches clearing, and the reasons for it. The wonderful 9-11 tribute on Saturday as we do a crossover segment with the Pinstripe Pods, Jeff Nelson and Chris Shearn. Three games back. You got to believe. Let's talk about it all next on a thank you King Lindor edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Lindor with a swing and a drive out to right field. Gallo on the move. Still on the move. If Francisco's first year as a Met could include a signature moment, we just watched it. Into deep left center field, and this game is tied! Santa Maria! And look at Stanton taking his sweet time. Oh, he got some chippiness. He's talking to Lindor. Oh, now it's on. Everybody's out on the field. Stanton answering back to Lindor. We have a game. We have a series. If you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Oh, man. And they're both doing it, so this is fun. And only two Mets in the history have hit three home runs here at home. Oh, oh, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, 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 oh. Did he get another one? Oh! Gallo's on his way back. He got it! Santa Maria! Lindor again! Oh, my! Just the second ever Mets shortstop to enjoy a three-homer game. Well, you can't draw this up any better. Jam shot pop-up. Why not Lindor putting the finishing touches on a memorable night, wrapping up the Subway Series. Welcome to a Subway Series pinstripe pod meets Amazing But True crossover In the words of Ron Burgundy, boy, that escalated quickly. My goodness, what a weekend in Queens at City Field. Jake Brown here alongside my amazing but true co-host, Nelson Figueroa, the Pinstripe Pod host, Chris Sheeran, and Jeff Nelson. Wow. We have lots to react to. Our New York Post baseball podcast crossover following what was quite the subway series, quite the atmosphere at City Field. Those highlights you just heard in that montage, courtesy of ESPN and Matt Vaxcursion with A-Rod on the call for a game that went into the wee hours of the night, guys. And the Mets took two out of three, and Francisco Lindor had his game. We're all pretty tired this morning, either from watching. I was there, and the atmosphere was one of the great all-time regular season atmospheres I have ever seen. Let's start, Figgy, on the Yankees side. Let's let's start with Shearney. What was your initial reaction to everything that transpired from the Lindor homers to the, you know, the whistling to the quote-unquote brawl, which I'll get to Nelly in a second, which he would laugh at, at what uh that bench is clearing incident. What was your overall thoughts of everything that transpired in that game when you know you were in studio and doing the post game well it was a great game if you're a Met fan it was an absolute piece of dog manure if you were a Yankee fan I mean four hours over four hours for a baseball game is just 
it's pathetic. It, it absolutely is pathetic. And, and it breaks down to the pitching. We have two former pitchers on this podcast, and I'm sure they'd agree with me. You got guys coming into the game who can't find the plate. Guys come into the game as starters and start walking people to start the game. Carrasco and Clark Schmidt, I'll give Schmidt a little bit of a pass. It was his first start after a circuitous route back to the major leagues. Uh, yeah, Lindor had a, had the three homers, and for a Met fan, it's tremendous. But as a baseball fan and growing up as a baseball fan, this is not the game I fell in love with. And I know, Jake, you were there, and you're a Met fan, and it's exciting. It's enthralling. But, Nelly, I don't know about you. I, I, I have words for it, but I, they're going to have to beep my words, so I'll let you take over. Well, you know, besides Friday, you know, it was a three and a half hour game, and then you get two four hour games. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the only the only reason why the Yankees won one game is maybe they pitched a little bit better than the Mets. Their pitching is awful. Your start Clark Schmidt, he doesn't, he can't even go into five. He can't get five innings. The Corey Kluber experience experiment is still going on. Listen, I, I understand. You know, if I was in his spot, I'd probably want the same thing. I'd want to come back. He's had a really good career. I want to. I would want to try to contribute but it's the Yankees fault for letting them come back you, you know it's they should have saw this and say you know what we experimented with this in the beginning of the season he started the season with 60 pitches and he's not going deep and this isn't the time of year to start dipping into your bullpen when you don't have a bullpen that early they're struggling just as well it was a disgrace if you're a Yankee fan it was terrible as we know the new baseball uh, a quality start is no longer six innings three runs or less a quality start is three and a third if you can get through the fourth you're a magician and you oh my god millions of dollars the new math on baseball the dollar value on baseball is not by pitches it's by how many outs you can get that quickly right that's what you're hoping for so when you're looking for 15 outs from a starting pitcher at the very least you should try and get is 15 outs if that's the new goal for pitchers, then I, I'm, I'm in the wrong business. I, I really should have uh, been born 10 years later <laughs> and, and be left-handed. Because yeah, you know, there you go. You factor in all these different things, and you can't understand why baseball and all the injuries, and anytime anybody goes close to a complete game and goes over 100 pitches, they go on the IL for about two months. So the new baseball, it, it just doesn't work. Um, and we're seeing it more and more. And now you're in a playoff push. Two teams going down the stretch. These bullpens who have been absolutely beleaguered all season long have to try and figure it out for the next two weeks to see if they can help their teams get into the playoffs. And, and there you said it. What is an ace now? You know, is there such thing as an ace? Okay. You know, you don't have – you might have a few guys in the league that – and that's in the National League as well – that may want to go nine all the time. And – Probably less than three. I would say if I'm going to pick anyone, it's probably Max Scherzer might yep. be coming to my mind first about you got to rip the ball out of his hand because he wants to go nine innings all the time. I don't know if anybody else is like that. He may be the only true ace as far as when it comes to going deep into the game. Give me the ball. If you come out on this mound, you're going to get an earful. And he's the only guy. You know, you look at Cole, he can't get into the ninth inning because he's at 100 pitches by by five. I, I don't know if there's a true ace anymore. It's a different age now. And let's get back to the game itself because, listen. Yes, if let's, you're a let's continue to have let Jake have the spotlight. Yeah, Figgy, 
let's have a party here today. Let's 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 smile because this is the Mets World Series. Let's be real. The Mets, if we make the playoffs, it's a party. Now if that's just the, sad. That's just sad. It's sad. Yes, that is it's sad. If you're thinking a regular season game is the World Series, and I heard when I when we were there on Saturday, that's what some of your Met fans and you guys said. Oh, this is our World Series. Oh, and that's what you shoot for. That, that's well, great. It's 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 pathetic, of course. But listen. This is only the fourth time in the 25-year history of the Subway Series that the Mets have taken the series. They took four to six. You know, they had that big comeback against Chapman on the 4th of July. Who if hasn't it, had a comeback against Chapman? That's number yeah, that's one. True. Number two, Number two. if you're a Met fan and you want to dunk and hang on the rim while grabbing your junk, by all means, go ahead. Because I'd love to. If you yes. want to celebrate in September, by all means, go right ahead. Well, I'm celebrating because finally, finally, the $341 million man grabbed his cojones and said, it's my turn. And finally, three homers. You know, the whole thing with Stanton, Wandy Peralta, if he was doing something, like, calm down, you're Wandy Peralta. I don't know the whole situation there. The whistling. Lindor took it hard. Maybe opponents should start whistling more because I've never seen Francisco Lindor put on his cleats and play a game of baseball for the Mets like he did. That was a big boy moment. The atmosphere was nuts. People were getting thrown out left and right. You know, anytime someone was standing, someone was getting thrown out. Yeah, more I punches. More punches were probably thrown in the stands than were in the. <laughs> I think so, Nelly. How about that brawl? Because in your guy, brawl? Who, there was no brawl. Oh, a sheer special air quote. Chris Farley's uh, <laughs> brawl. You know, the bench is cleared. You. You know, had a player throw Don Zimmer. You had Pedro throw Don Zimmer down. You went against Armando Benitez, threw punches. The bench is cleared there, but it seemed like a lot of yelling from a distance, like come at me and no one came. What did you think of the whole, the incident, Nelly, and the, the Peralta and the whistling and everyone getting fired up? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I was watching and I was, you know, I, I was really surprised that Stanton said something when he was rounding rounding second base and he said something to Lindor and, you know, he did a little side shuffle when they had words together. I mean, they, there's no real brawls. Any, well, there's a few, but there's no, those, they were just kissing. It was almost like 9-11 when they were all hugging again. You know, the teams were all getting together. But sometimes it lifts a team when you, when you, you know, kind of say things back and forth to the other team. And it's a good rivalry. You know, I, I think brawls sometimes, or at least bench clearings, I mean, draw teams together. You know, maybe that'll do that for the Yankees. Who knows? I was really surprised that Stanton even said something. I, I, I was actually happy that somebody showed a heartbeat on the yeah. Yankees. And then yeah. Stanton was actually paying attention to what Lindor did when he was rounding the bases and anyone out there. And he kind of stood up. He put his team on his back. He stood up and he told Lindor pretty much in more ways than one to shut his mouth. Don't be talking to our dugout when you're rounding the bases. So it was actually nice to see somebody on the Yankees has a pulse. Well, here's the thing. When that used to happen, if he's going to talk crap to the dugout, guess where that next at bat's going to be? He's going to get a baseball right in the ribs. Yeah, but that but doesn't again, happen anymore either. No, like Jake said, it's a different generation so now. hit a home run. Yeah, yeah you, you throw one right down the middle. Giving up 13 home runs this year. 13, 13 home runs as a reliever. That's, that's, that's disgusting. Hit him in the freaking ribs. Hit him in the ribs. <laughs> Don't let him go deep. Put him on first. 
Nelly is fired up after Leonardo DiCaprio kept his mask on. And uh, can you tell us quick about that experience, Nelly? You went to the U.S. Open for the first time in your life, and you were casually with Leo. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big tennis fan, but I mean, I know all the tennis players and who they are. Obviously, it's actually actually a really good experience. I've never been, and you know, may never go again. But it was actually a really good experience. <laughs> went downstairs and and went in the suite. We had pretty decent seats in the beginning, and Leonardo DiCaprio was there. I was like, oh, cool. You know, he had his Dodger hat on, and you know, there was another act that I was re- I was talking to quite a bit. I don't remember his name, but uh, really, really nice guy. And, you know, I was talking to him for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you know, I said, hey, you know what, I'll just my kids. I told my kids that they were that he was there. And they were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, get a picture. Normally, guys are, are pretty good about just uh, snapping a picture. So I said, hey, it was, it was like 5-1 in the last set. And uh, Medvedev was up. And he goes, okay, we're getting out of here. So I said, hey, you might not get a picture. So he said, yeah, let me have your camera. So he snaps his selfie real quick. And I'm like, what a douchebag. You know, he doesn't even freaking take his mask off. I said, you know, I've met, being a Yankee, and I'm sure a Matt Fig, he's probably been the same thing. I've met so many actors that, uh, you know, some of them you're, you're in all of, and, you know, some guys you, you can't wait to meet. And you, sometimes you uh, run into ones like that, that he probably has zero personality. It seemed that way. I tried talking to him for a few minutes, and he, he was like talking to a, uh, a piece of sushi. So uh, it was... Uh, it was not a great experience. One, one, I met this guy, I met Steven Seagal, who I absolutely love his movies. I love those karate movies. I met him in person. Another douche. So, you know, most guys, most of them are the nicest people ever because they're the same way. They're in all of athletes. But those two were uh, were a big disappointment. I saw Nelly post it, and his caption was incredible. I've won four World Series with the greatest organization ever. Take off your effing mask, Leonardo DiCaprio, when you take a pick with me, BS. I was uh, cracking up. <laughs> maybe he wasn't vaccinated. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. And, you know, Al Leiter had his mask on Saturday on the field. But he had it off in the suite, though. Yeah, he, he t- mask off came off indeed. Figgy, have you ever had a fight kind of ignite a team that you played on. I know you have a similar experience, Figgy, where the Nationals were chirping and you got mad at their dugout. So there's clearly something with chirping and hand signals that uh, fires teams up because you had that happen to yourself too. Yeah, but mine wasn't chirping or trying to, you know, that I was tipping pitches. Mine, they literally, the Nationals at that time were a laughing stock. Elijah Dukes, who was there, one of their players who it was either going to be, he was going to be in the big leagues or jail. That literally was out <laughs> how they used to talk about him. That was a, that was the only two things he could possibly do. He's leading. The whole bench is sitting closer to each other, and they're singing, here we go, Millage, here we go, and clapping in unison. They were literally doing that like it was a Little League game. And I had bases loaded at the time. When I look over at David Wright, and he's looking at their dugout, and he's I thought it was kids above the dugout. Nope, no. It was actually the Nationals singing and clapping in the dugout. And uh, my first reaction was like yours, Nelly. Somebody's taking it in the ribs. (laughs) And I have bases loaded with one out. I get millage. uh, I strike out millage. And then I get Austin Kearns to pop up. But when Austin Kearns comes up to bat, here we go, Kearnsy. Here we go. (laughs) And I'm just like, it's about respecting the game. Right. And I think that's what that moment was with all the whistling and each guy trying to stand up for their team. 
It's about respect the game. You want to do things, do them the right way. And if you're going to, you know, disrespect the game like that and disrespect my player, I had no problem with each guy taking that moment to be like, you know what? We're so used to these guys like getting together and hugging and kissing before the game. And even during the game when they get on base, hey, what's up? You know, high five at them. We don't see that anymore where it's like, you know what? You stay on your side, we'll stay on ours. And if there's a problem, then we can deal with it. So when they went out there to talk, even when they were drawing at each other from afar, you saw some of the Yankee players kind of meandering through and you saw Torres get all the way to Lindor's face and they started talking and he's whispering in his ear trying to I guess let him know what exactly was said because Lindor didn't even know what he said when he was around the bases it's loud as hell and I'm sure he just saw him turn around which never has happened I don't remember if that's ever happened where a guy singles out a guy as he's jogging past him in the base and turns back around like isn't there a rule you can only go one direction? Can can you go backwards on a home run trot? At the end of the day, with, with that whole nonsense, yeah, you want guys to stand up. You want guys to have your back and you want to have your teammates back, right? And at, you're at this point in the season where you just came off of losing eight straight, seven or eight straight, and you won a game the night before. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? We got to nip this thing in the bud and get it in the right direction. And I'm not going to let, if you're standing and you're looking down at Lindor, it's like the Altuve judge thing. It's like, why, why are you chirping, dude? Yeah, you're well, not big enough to do that. The, the other thing too, Figgy, is that I, I didn't have an issue with what Lindor did because I, I don't know in the heat of the moment, what's going on down there at the field. Right. And, and and if Lindor thinks he has to stick up for his team and, and say something to somebody, uh, he has every right, especially when he's rounding the bases on a home run. I mean, do what you got to do. But at the same token, I have just as much respect for Stanton to, mm-hmm. to stick up for his team and do the same thing. But I think the moment of that entire exchange uh, that we haven't talked about yet was, was Gardner's mic drop when he went out yes. there and looked at thumbs Baez down. and gave the thumbs down and pointed yeah. to the fans. I <laughs> and thought, listen, that's the I second that time Gardner's been involved with thumbs down at City Field because the first time was the Yankees Rays game yeah. at City Field where the you know the where large man started, crowd. Right? Yeah. Yep thumbs down guy who made a business card about it then he handed it to me at a game and said <laughs> thumbs thumbs down guy had his email and had his story on the back i'm like thank you i i know who you are like do you want me to book you for your bar mitzvah like, like what are you doing here um but uh it's the second time that's happened it was uh pretty incredible and I don't want to hear, guys, anymore that the Subway Series is dead. I don't want to hear. I know we're going to have the stupid two and two. Make it three and three. This brought the Subway Series back to life if it were, of course, Farley Air Quotes dead. If, you know, if you thought this series lost its juice, well, it returned this weekend. Yeah, it did. You're right. And 9-11, too. You know, me, Figgy, and Nelly were there. Figgy, Nelly, we were hanging out and watching the ceremony. Well, Nelly, I figure you might have been a little late, but Nelly – you were there. That was emotional, man. You know, I was getting a little teary-eyed from the anthem, you know, America the Beautiful, you know, the troops going out, 2001 Mets honoring the different fire and police departments, 43,000 standing room, biggest crowd in a few years at City Field. Uh, emotional night, and I think the Mets and Yankees uniting together like they did in 2001 when the Mets and Braves played at Shea Stadium was pretty special, Nelly. Oh, I thought it was great. You know, I went to the memorial during the day early in the morning, and that was emotional. I, I got to meet a lot of people, some survivors, and then you go to the game, and, you know, you're, you're watching the screen, 
scene and a lot of memories, a lot of people talking then. And then, uh, you know, everyone in the outfield, you had the different uh, the NYPD, the NYFD. You know, it was it was it was really emotional. You had Tory and Valentine throwing out the first pitch. You had both teams going and shaking hands, standing side by side with each other during the national anthem. So, you know, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. And I, I thought the Subway Series was great. You know, I always you know, when I played, I really enjoyed playing the Mets. I thought it was a great rivalry. And, you know, besides the Red Sox, it's the only interleague interleague series I really like. I really can't stand interleague. I think it's uh, it, it's run its course, but as far as the Yankees and the Mets, you had a series during the 9-11 weekend that both teams, they're fighting for a playoff spot. It meant something for both teams. And, you know, even though the games were four hours and it, I didn't get home until two in the morning because the lovely subway system on, on Saturday, it was still great to see. You know, it was it was fun. I know the Yankees lost two out of three, but it was still a special weekend. I absolutely love that they wear the different hats from the different, uh, either the fire department or the NYPD. I think, it, it, you know, that why the league even had a problem with that in the first place. I have no idea you're honoring our, our people that protect us and, and you know, keep us safe and, and they're going to have an issue with wearing somebody's hat for a weekend. But I loved it. I thought it was very special and I thought the rivalry is there. And if everybody, like you said, if somebody thinks that the Subway Series is dead, I think not. I mean, especially when you have two teams that will probably be in the playoffs picture year after year. While I was arriving late, I stood on the concourse level. I didn't get up to where we were sitting for the game. And so I was able to take in some of the ceremony. I, I don't know if it's it brought back memories of when everything happened 20 years ago and we were going to war. And here we were, they were saying, well, we're going to go back to playing baseball next week. A lot of people had such mixed feelings. It, you're going back to playing baseball, but with a heavy heart because, I mean, God, we're sending troops over. We're, there's bombings being showed on the news. and, and we realized just for a short amount of time, you get to take people's mind off of what's going on in that nature. They're still pulling bodies and rubble and, and down to ground zero. And we're going out to play a baseball game. And I think right after the ceremonies in 2021 happened, you had the USA chants going around. And with everything politically that has gone on, I don't know where you stand. I don't care where you stand because baseball is something where it's 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 a universal joy for Americans, national pastime. And you hear these USA chants and everybody in unison. That was really, I had goosebumps all over again because I remember I was with the Phillies at the time and Scott Rowland hit two home runs off Greg Maddox. While Mike Piazza's home run is the most memorable, for me, it was the USA chance that just filled the crowd nonstop. And it wasn't even about, you know, who you're rooting for, the Braves or the, or the Phillies. It was, I'm rooting for baseball. I'm rooting for USA. I'm rooting for my country. I had that all throughout the night when those USA chants were breaking out and yeah, it was. Uh, it had some great atmosphere throughout the series where you, you're talking about different comebacks and different moments. All right, they're going to run away with it. The Mets, you know, ran away with the first one on, on uh, the 10th. But the September 11th game was back and forth. And, you know, who's going to hold on here? And a bad play by Baez, airmails that ball, and that's the difference in the game. But then last night's game, and you, the tension was high and the rights to the Subway Series. And, yeah, it is the World Series for some of these Mets fans. I don't – I think they, they, don't, they don't have those – expectations of winning the world series every year and, and being that they were you could see the trajectory that's happening with both teams if you can be a spoiler and win the subway series oh that's a great thing because there's always going to be next year where you hope that it's going to matter even more because both of these teams will be doing this kind of thing for the next 10 years because they're going to be stacked they're going to have star players and hopefully people will want to play in new york it's all going to depend on i think we've seen a lot of managerial mistakes 
throughout that series too. Little things that came back to haunt each manager, whether they'll be here for the next Subway series, either one of them. So it, there was a lot of things riding on the Subway series and Lindor, his trajectory and, and his cementing himself as a Met and all the things that he did. It was a huge moment for the Mets. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I can't equate it to the World Series because Jeff, I've never been there. I know. <laughs> but, at, but at the same time, that's playoff atmosphere, right? That's what you want to be. If you were a player, those are the moments that you can hang on to for the rest of your life because you can say, man, I remember what it felt like. It must be what it what is like to, to play in a World Series. The Mets have an opportunity now. And, and so do the Yankees to have that, take that wave and ride it till the end of September and, and into October and, and see if something happens. You know, use that juice that you got from this series, especially for the Mets and Lindor's three home runs. If you guys are, are doing this podcast and the Mets absolutely fall flat on their face, I'll be the first one to download the next episode because I want to hear what you guys have to say about you had this great coming out party against the New York Yankees and then you just lost the next three. I mean, you can't do that. You got to take this and you got to run with it. And I understand the emotions are high and it's the subway series and it's going to be like that, but you have to take this now. That's the big boy team. The big boy team is the team that takes this and rides the crest of the wave throughout the rest of their schedule and get something done. So we'll see what happens. You know, the Yankees get the Twins, Orioles, Indians, Rangers. So they have a stretch ahead. And, you know, Nelly talked about in the last episode that could determine their season before that final nine against the Blue Jays, uh, the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays. So the Mets will take on the Cardinals at City Field and then three against the Phillies uh, at City Field. So a big week ahead, three out of the wild card. The Yankees now one back. Toronto is just surging and nothing like a couple games against the Orioles to get your season going. I mean, the first football Sunday and uh, you know, the, there's no Canada football team, but it was 22 to seven. I mean, my goodness, what timing on NFL Sunday that that happened. Chris Sheeran, follow him on Twitter at Chris Sheeran. Yes. Jeff Nelson, follow him at NY Nelly 43. Catch the pinstripe pod. Also Mondays and Thursdays, amazing, but true Mondays and Thursdays follow amazing, but true Jake Brown radio figgy NY on Twitter guys. Uh, it was good to see you all over the weekend. Thank you so much for coming out to our event at Catch Astoria, uh, despite the, uh, you know, you didn't hear it in the episode, but the the drunken man who came on stage and realized uh, <laughs> it was Jeff Nelson, didn't think we'd actually need rope, and uh, Nelly was glad he had a supporter out there. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun night. We raised over $11,000. That's awesome. Still going up, so all going to Tunnels Towers, families of 9-11 first responders. Thanks to Figgy for setting that up. Thanks to Mida, an incredible Friday night, an incredible Subway series. All right, coming up next on each show, your own perspective hosts break down their own team in the week ahead on this amazing but true meets pinstripe pod crossover. All right, Figgy, well, a fun crossover segment we just did with Chris Sheeran and Jeff Nelson of the Pinstripe Pod. And as a kid, being surrounded by Yankee fans, I could say, you know, I was essentially bullied. You know, they always beat us. So that's why this was like our World Series. It was just, you know, from the atmosphere to the let's go Mets to let's go Yankees chance. And my God, the Yankees fans packed the building. I mean, it was arguably 50-50. Every time the Yankees homered, it felt like there were more Yankee fans. It might have been 60-40 Yankees, but it was good to win their own building and just all the bullying. I mean, the fact that they never win these series. This was just the fourth time in 25 years. Think about that. They've lost series to them, what, 21 out of 25 times, essentially. So Is that good? Uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh-huh. 
I know there was a few ties mixed in there as well, but man, it felt good. And now, listen, you go into this series against the Cardinals, three back. You got to pass the Cardinals, who are only one back. They are surging, and these are big ones. And you know, you get Adam Wainwright on Monday, which uh, Mets fans have dark memories of him. But now you got to believe again. It's crazy that the three out of the wild card fight of the division still think the division's more doable because you have those last three versus the Braves. But uh, we got a playoff race again, and it was all thanks to King Lindor and a fun weekend at City. Yeah, you know, one of the things we look forward to on the on the calendar, we said it from the very beginning. Man, that September, September 11th series, the Subway series is going to be something else, right? Wouldn't it be great if both teams could be in playoff contention? Wouldn't it be great if the Mets still had hope and be able to uh, capitalize on not just winning a few games, but winning a few games against the Yankees? at home especially you know with it being september 11th and it lived up to the hype man it lived up to the hype i got to experience it for the first time uh, of being there on september 11th and the crowd and there was a, a real cool new york vibe throughout the whole thing right everybody was great this is new york and we're all about the positivity with everything that's happened and boom all of a sudden they're putting up runs left right and center we see uh, the whole whistle gate open up as well because taiwan walker through the first two innings has thrown 52 pitches on his 53rd pitch. He's now given up the third home run. And all of a sudden, uh, things get a little iffy. You, you see everybody kind of go to the mound before the pitching coach goes to the mound, which you almost never see. And they're out there for a good 30 seconds. And then the pitching coach heads out like, what's up? So they took notice of something. And we'll get into that in greater detail. But then all of a sudden, Taiwan Walker turns it around. The Mets start scoring some runs and make the game really interesting. You know, if it wasn't for one bad play, who knows how that game turns out? The Mets had a chance to sweep the Yankees at home. With the way that the Yankees were reeling when they came in, uh, they're still stumbling a little bit and they're still trying to find themselves and, and you know keep themselves off the mat. But the Mets are definitely, um, they're starting to swing the bats better all the way around. And if you would have told me that Pete Alonso would not have a hit all weekend, and we'd win two out of three. I'd say, you're crazy. Mr. Lindor has definitely been able to leave his mark. And I hope this is not his most memorable Met moment. But for this season thus far, wow. That's all I could say. Yeah, we went from Thumbgate to Whistlegate. And both have involved Francisco Lindor. And that is a $341 million performance. You want to back it up? You hit a go-ahead homer in the bottom of the eighth. Edwin Diaz had me going in cardiac arrest <laughs> at City Field in the ninth inning. And he I'm- almost killed his catcher. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then the wild pitch, I'm like, please no. Or the pass ball. I don't know what to call that, but Lakia was watching me taking videos because she knew I might pass out uh, from high blood pressure during that ninth inning. I mean, think, I mean, that really could have been, if it was for a sweep, it'd even be more monumental. And, you know, Luis Rojas maybe keeps uh, Seth Lugo in Saturday past seven pitches. You know, I'm not going to kill Luis Rojas. We won the series, but, uh, you know, the Mets are losing a lot of one run games. Luckily, they pulled on the right side of one on Sunday. And it's crazy to think they do win Saturday. I mean, you do the what ifs. You know, you're talking about two games out four division then it's even a better situation but you know there's still time here three against the cardinals a day off you get three against the phillies and then the red sox brewers and then that big final week four marlins three against the braves to close the season saturday as we said was incredible tory and bobby v the anthem, the tributes, tears were flowing over 43,000. They packed that with standing room. And, uh, you know, Lindor needed this. I think he needed a weekend like this after all the boos, after all the critiques. And now, Figgy, he's got to carry this into the final weeks. You know, him and Bias since Thumbgate 
thumbs gate, thumb gate, thumbs, I don't know what to call it, uh, have been incredible. I mean, Baez is tearing the cover off the baseball. He's stealing bases, running ba- bases great, playing decent defense. Decent. And he's playing solid. He had a couple of mishaps over the weekend where he bobbled it. He recovered last night, but he, he's been good. These guys are, since then, have been great. Now it's go time. These final, you know, what is it, 18 games that we got left here, 10 home, Eight road, five hundred, reback. Now it's showtime for these guys, and this is where they earn their money. And Baez maybe earns a chance to come back to the Mets for a long term contract. Well, I, I think you saw why this team needed something like this. They needed someone after they all the other plans seemed to have fallen through, and you heard guys being traded to other organizations and picked up by other teams. And you're sitting around waiting. What are the Mets going to do? What are the Mets going? They're going to do something, right? They're going to do something. They've done this. They've been in this position before. And the only move that you really got was, you know, Rich Hill and you got Baez. With all the shortcomings of Baez, you know, one of the top strikeout leaders in all of baseball, there's so much to his game to like. There's so much to his attitude to like. And you know why everybody who plays with this guy raves about him. He's a guy that you want to go to war with. And to have those two guys, Lindor and Baez, at the top of it, it was amazing to see them just stand their ground. And you look at Judge and look at Stanton, you know, running out of the dugout, and you got two guys about a foot and a half shorter than them just staring them down. Like, no, man, that's not how we do it. You're not going to do that. You're not going to punk us in our own schoolyard. We've never really seen that from Met players. We talked about this early in the season when uh, Dom Smith got called out chirping from the dugout, but when he had a chance to do it in the box and he got struck out and the guy punked him and told him to come out, he wouldn't go out. I don't think that would have happened with Baez. Baez would probably been the first one over the railing going after Alvarado. I think that's what you're looking at now is there's there's been a change. There's been a shift in the attitude on this team. And I think there's more of a, you know, we're just happy to be here and just be happy that, you know, we're playing baseball kind of thing. It's more of a, you know what, we've got a chance to do something and, and they have to take onus of it. They have to take ownership of it. They have to be the ones to lead the way who cares we we can look back if they make the playoffs and it all starts with this run this unbelievable subway series who will care that they were the second worst offensive team in all of baseball if they find a way to be the best offensive team in all of baseball for the last three weeks of the season that would be everything to not just this organization but this city because i think that's what we're looking for is can these guys string it together and keep it together the yankees went on a 13 game winning streak the mets can are very capable of doing it they have the people in place to do it they have the 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 players if they start continuing to or continue to hit the way that they're doing, McNeil has woken up. Baez, for the love of God, he was 6.15 on base percentage. 6.15. He was always on base. And when he gets on base, he's a problem. You know he's going to go first to third. You know he's not stopping out a, a third base coach holding him up. There's a lot to love about the way that they're playing an aggressive brand of baseball right now. And wasn't a bigger moment. We said it when we were at the game on September 11th. If Pete Alonso had hit that home run and not the warning track fly ball, that place would have came down. Right. And Lindor answered right after having all the words with Stanton and the Yankees. What did he do? Crushes a ball to right field, puts the Mets on, uh, gives him the lead. And then it turns over into, okay, it's now the Diaz show. With all the roller coaster, these are the things you learn from and you hope that you gain this confidence and you gain this swagger like, yo, we can do this. And uh, I think that's what we're going to see here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Make it so that that three games absolutely matters come down to the last series cojones the Mets developed their cojones they found them they grabbed their cojones 
and said, I'm here. We built this city on Baez and Lindor. This could be the igniter right here. This could be the igniter. And for all the people, pipe it down. When it comes to you saying the Subway Series has lost its luster, they shouldn't play every year. You were silenced over this weekend because there's a reason why I've made it a tradition to go to at least one or more Subway Series games every year since 2000. There's no other team that I go see religiously every year i'm like i gotta go see the mets play the phillies this year it's mets yankees it's subway series it's a tradition unlike any other it's let's go mets versus let's go yankees chance yeah fights break out fans act unruly but it's your chance as a mets fan for bragging rights when you miss the playoffs year after year after year after year after year after year you miss the playoffs for 95 percent of my lifetime it's these games that matter and get you excited about being a met fan and a chance to make fun of, you know, when I was in school, make fun of my Yankee fan friends on Monday when I'd walk into school, walk looking like the Vince McMahon gif where I'm strutting and <laughs> the Conor McGregor strut. It's the one chance to do that all year. And this weekend showed how special it was. I mean, 43,000, but you got an absolute show at City Field this weekend. You got the price of admission. I really hope it does spark something because that game last night was something that real fans who maybe gave up back in. And if you gave up, shame on you because that was a team you want to back. That's a team you want to say, you know what? I root for those guys. And sure, it was immature some things, you know, the whole whistling and, and everything that's gone on the last couple of weeks. Well, but first off, the- I'm, I'm, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you well, right I- now because the guys that ran out on the field, uh, if they were Yankee fans, you were supposed to show them up. I was expecting you to throw your shirt off and go running. But as you said, uh, banned for life kind of flashed through your mind and you thought that wasn't been a good look. Yeah, no, I was, you know, a viral video banned for life. Uh, <laughs> what do I do here? Uh, no, I was that too was, busy. If you would have ran out there with our shirt, well, you'd have ran out there with our shirt on and that would, oh, forget it, dude. I'd have walked right out. Oh, walk God. Out uh, well, this has been fun. <laughs> Jake, I'm putting you up for adoption. I saw you in a viral video running on the field. My parents were actually watching the game and they were they were like uh w- what happened so i sent them the video and imagine it was me running out there mom yeah it was me sorry yeah, it was me. My uh, bad. yeah so listen this is something and i hate that it's probably next year it's going to be two and two again and they would do it monday through thursday too yeah, like it's embarrassing it needs to be figgy friday through sunday mm-hmm. twice a year at each stadium and even in yankee stadium you saw a pretty memorable weekend that you know the double header yep uh, the, the, the Mets comeback Mets went four to six. I mean, two of the Mets biggest wins this year were that comeback, uh, in the Bronx and Sunday night's game. And let's hope this ignites this team because I, I think it's doable. I really do think it's doable. It, just take care of your business. The other scores have been working, you know, Braves can lose to the Marlins. You know, I know the Reds are playing teams like the Pirates a lot. But this is baseball. You you win on the right days. You gain ground on the right days. You might be within two or three in that final week in Atlanta. And maybe this team does get a miracle. They get the ground back and they get into October. I think Sunday was like that feeling where Mets fans are like, all right, let's root for this team. They don't make it. They don't. But if they show the heart they show Sunday, you really never know what can happen with this team. Yeah. And, and you know, we'll get, we have to go back to, you know, the whole whistling thing. While the Yankees are claiming that nobody was trying to – tip signs to the hitters by doing the whistling and Wandy Peralta, who's the loudest whistler in the history of man, according to Joey Gallo, he's normally a reliever and his ass should be out in the bullpen. So unless he's doing the loud whistling for a reason and someone's telling him to do it, then he shouldn't be in the dugout. That's my point. Second point is if it wasn't such a 
big deal and it wasn't such a advantage type thing and uh, look i'm all for trying to gain an advantage i'm all for you know the little tricks of the trade but it's when you make a mockery of the game that you know people will take umbrage to it like lindor did if you look at what taiwan walker was doing up to that point his 53rd pitch got smashed by aaron judge like i said earlier he had 55 pitches through two innings then they had the meeting and all of a sudden after that he retires 13 in a row seven of them via k doesn't give up a hit after that moment when the whistling gets called out and they all of a sudden stop. So coincidence, it a coincidence, it's a little fishy. Yeah. All of a sudden Taiwan Walker's unhittable where he could not get in out and there was no soft contact in that second inning and he's against the ropes. And it, that's another thing that Lindor and a VR, those experienced veteran players bring to the table. They notice something like that and they go right immediately to action. They don't just sit back and say, oh, let's see if he figures it out himself. You know, so that's something that you have to also tip your cap to is that you have a player who's not afraid to get right in the face of the other team. And, but that was amazing to see that Taiwan Walker goes 103 pitches total, 58 pitches over his last four innings and 13 straight outs with seven Ks. So you do the math, say what you want, and whether they were cheating or not, I always look at what was the quality of the pitch. Uh, no pitch is you know, truly unhittable, and you hang a pitch. You know, it deserves to be hit. These are major league hitters. If there's a slider that's in the other batter's box, oh my God, how do you lay off that? Well, it's a slider in the other batter's box. The guy's a professional hitter. Stop it with the, you know, going excessive with it. I hate watching these fanboys create these videos of what they see and they're like, oh, how did he lay off that pitch? It was a slider and a slider count and it was in the other batter's box. That's how he laid off. It's very simple. That was a little telling moment in itself. And for the Mets to band together and, and do what they did, I'm pumped at the direction that this team could be in. And Look, it's not going to be easy, but that's going to be the greatness of it, right? It wouldn't be as great as you said, well, all they had to do was face four teams who are under 500 the rest of the way out. No, they've got to face some of the best teams in baseball. They've got to face, you know, teams that are leading their division going down the stretch and leading their own division, you know, on those last three days. So if they're going to do it, it's going to be something, some kind of special that you'll be able to talk about for years and years and years. Yeah, and we could say it started. And that's some, God, I'm glad I went. I mean, I, w- I was watching football, and Giants was a blowout. Figgy, we had a great event on Friday, if you missed that show. Over 11, I think it's around 12 grand has been raised for Tunnel to Towers, families and first responders of 9-11, and then the 9-11 ceremony that followed Saturday was awesome. But besides uh, one drunken man coming to the stage and not realizing we're doing a <laughs> podcast, uh, besides him, that guy edited out and then yelling people next time we're going to get a little bit more ruly i think we're going to get chairs set up we're going to maybe do it outdoors if it's too cold indoors but have seating make it like an audience and you know a show versus people in a bar that maybe have no idea what's happening but other than that things went smoothly and it was a great night for a great cause so shout out to you and Maida. i think everything went well yeah no i i think it was a, a fantastic event the people from catch roseanne bill Biro, catherine uh they, they they were phenomenal um everybody who was working that night they were non-stop because remember in this pandemic you know most people didn't want to go back to work most restaurants and bars they're suffering because they can't get enough staff so that was something that we were worried about and that's why we had it on eventbrite so we could kind of plan accordingly even if they had to hire staff just for the night they did a fantastic job i don't think anybody i didn't hear a single complaint about service mida was unbelievable with everything she did it was above and beyond all the different elements that she brought all the little details that made the night run so smooth the raffle tables um, we had a lot of fun with the raffles. It was a fun night. 
Um, my family was there, my mom and dad with the old shirts from back when I made them 20 years ago. Again, it was all for a great cause. We still have shirts available. We're going to probably post something online. If fans want to donate $20, they can get a shirt. When you have an opportunity to, to share um, with people and, and people, uh, my network, I always say this, my network grows exponentially, but it's not a network to me. It's family. Like I, my teammates, I have a bigger team than I've ever had before because of the podcast, the bigger team ever before, because I worked in television, all these people come out and they support and they, you know, they give what they can and they always are asking to help. How can they help? And when it comes to an event like this, and I, I can't thank you guys enough, Jeff Nelson. Wow. I wanted to take a picture with my family and Jeff Nelson. And we went to the back by the uh, step and repeat and shout out to sending the clowns for the great step and repeat that they, they built for us. Uh, Gary Pincus. Thank you so much. But when Jeff Nelson standing back there, you know, it's hard to miss Jeff Nelson. He's so damn tall. Right. So we're there with my family and then was like, all right, how about just the people who will work in the event? All right. How about just the ladies? All right. How about just the guys? All right. Next thing you know, Jeff Nelson's back there signing autographs for another hour, hour and a half and with a smile on his face never complained and he wasn't just signing like just a quick little scribble he had the audacity to sign it with the inscription you know four world series and write each year out individually <laughs> i think he just wanted to he just wanted to rub it in on every single one of them but man i had a tremendous respect for nelly before this but after this i, I can definitely call him one of my friends and someone who I, I look forward to hanging out with and doing more events with and if he ever needed me in any way uh, to, to help him out with an event or just to grab a beer and watch a ball game i'm there bro oh nelly will never turn down a beer you know there was the beer was flowing <laughs> there and uh you know thanks to sheeran for coming out too with his wife uh you know sheeran he's getting old he, he had an early exit he was gone 8 39 it was date gone. night it was date night for yeah. him he got he said he got the wife out of the house and you know they're, they're up in connecticut so he was like hey we're down in the city area let's go do something so i'm glad he came and uh, you know jj was there um, yes so surprise we, showing we had, up before the game for a little bit before he went a lot yeah a lot of people came before the game just to come and give their support hang out have a beer and and you know just we all you know we're telling our stories about where we were at 9 11 and just to think 20 years has flown by and so to um, raise any amount of money and and again over ten thousand dollars and just this was something that was you know a simple we're going to put this together and see what happens with it and the, the money is still coming in and there's still a few auction items that we have out there we're actually putting together one auction item that when i put this one together this one has to like blow the roof off of everything else right now we have one half of it already done and it's john franco on one side of a baseball with the inscription FDNY, and then Mariano's gonna sign the other side, and it's gonna say NYPD uh, underneath his name. And so once we get that that baseball, we're gonna have two of those up for auction. Uh, again, money's gonna go to a great calls uh, tunnel to towers. I, I was like, man, that that's something you can't find every day. You're not gonna be able to get that ball. You know, What are the chances you could ever get a ball like that? So for those collectors who are looking for something rare for Christmas, for graduation, for whatever it may be, this is the item to uh, definitely put a bit in on. Yeah, and pretty incredible amount, You know, 12,000 and, and rising so far, which is pretty incredible. And even Senator Janaris showed up. Yes, How about that? The Senator did. came in the building. So politicians, players, podcasters ladies you got the whole crew coming out to catch astoria it was a, a hell of a turnout and uh great stuff together and the mets will try and be great this week and we'll be back at you on thursday on amazing butcher
That says adios to episode 86, either the 86 Mets or Jake Hager edition of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Email us at amazingbuttruepod at gmail.com or tweet us at amazingbuttrue. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We will return on Thursday after the Mets' three-game series against the Cardinals. I'll see you at City Field. Let's go, Mets.